What's up, man? What's up? We here. We here, man. My brother, uh, Roy. We go way back, mm-hmm. right? This is a, I think, a very important episode. I think we can definitely open up the the door to a lot of conversation as it pertains to a lot of the things that you're dealing with, dealt with, that you want to, you know, touch on. So I'm, I'm thankful and I'm indebted that you decided to come onto the podcast, bro. It's an honor. It's an honor to be here right now and just be a part of your vision and your plan, man. Mm-hmm. And, you know, just having a safe space yeah. is something that I've been seeking out a lot, especially this year. Um, man, a safe place, you know. Why not do it with a guy that I've been knowing since seventh grade? Mm-hmm. You see how things mm-hmm. work? We come full yeah. circle. And full circle, yeah. Literally full circle, you know. Yeah, bro. My man doing this. And we've been a part, <coughs> we've been, um, part of some projects together mm-hmm. workout video graduation yeah so i love your work i love what you're doing and now i'm stepping into a different you know mode right now yeah. just getting things out outside of the athletic point you know, right trying to inspire the community right now and i think that's so interesting yeah. uh because you're a very multifaceted guy you know you've been in so many different spaces mm. right um you're an athlete <coughs> you're a businessman right uh, you can operate in so many different rooms, um, and you're very, what's the word? Uh, you're very layered, yeah. right? So when you came to me with this idea, um, initially it was a project of your own, yeah. which was interesting yeah. because man, I'm driving yeah. one day, and uh, you called me randomly. Right. You know, we haven't. I think at that point we haven't spoken in a minute. You know, a couple. And months. I never text. I always call. You just call. Always and that's call. what I love about you, though. You just call. Or like we in the right? 1970s. Yeah, but that's how you. I think that's how you do it. Right. Right. You you call. Yeah. You call, and you're not afraid of that. You're confrontational in the best way. Right. But you called, and you kind of kind of just poured your heart out to me. Mm. Right. And as a brother, I had to listen. You know, mm. I couldn't just throw you to the side and, yo, I'll call you back later. I can't. I don't have time. Right. Right. I had to make time. And you know that was an important part, but what you shared with me and what you expressed to me was so touching. It was so deep mm. initially to the point where I'm just like, man, this is a space where I feel like this conversation and this um, you would invite, you would thrive in, in this environment. And initially you're like, yeah, you know what? Yeah, no, man, we don't. We shouldn't do it on the podcast. I think mm. we should do it as a project first, and then yeah. maybe we'll do a podcast later. Exactly. Wasn't mad about that. Mm-hmm. I was still still for it. Right. Right. You had so many ideas about the initial, right? And a month goes by. A month. Things happen. Things right? happen. You know. <laughs> Things happen. Within a month, I'm like, I'm like sweating a little bit. Like, yeah. man, did Justin he do? He wanted to still do the project with me. I know. Yeah. You know, you did with a lot of which yeah. I'm so proud of you. You built your yeah. clientele up to be. Yeah. NFL guys, singers, yeah. Yeah. You know, creators. Yeah. So I'm like, man, I feel like so many times in my life I kind of got, um, I would say, discarded mm. due to some people of higher esteem, mm-hmm. and I was kind of afraid of that. But in the back of my mind, I knew this is my brother. Yeah. We we go to the root to the fruit together. Yeah, nothing changed. You know, yeah, man. We go to the core, so you would never just dump me off. Right. You know, yeah, bro. Because <laughs> it's a real relationship. Yeah. Right. Authentic authentic man and organic <clears throat> and to even kind of shift into right this environment i was so intrigued by your heart about you know what you share i mean i'm going to allow you to kind of go into yourself but i was so intrigued by it because it was so much it was so much it, it was, was it was a lot and it wasn't a lot in the sense where it was like overwhelming but it was just 
it, it was it was it's like wow like this is this is not just a conversation to be had over the phone we need to actually sit and talk about this we need to actually sit and open this up and not even on a podcast we need to just really just meet up and talk about right, it right, right. this we, is real life this yeah. isn't yeah. for the cameras right now this is like real life you real know what life. i mean this so it's like real life like this is my brother this is, we need to unpack we this. need to unpack this right i yeah. need to understand this i need to know where you're going i need mm-hmm. to know where it's coming from right and to understand your psyche behind it mm-hmm. so hearing mm-hmm. it i was honored and i was blessed that you would even think to call me mm-hmm. um and you felt that i was equipped um and and equipped enough at least to to receive that Right. And I always think about the situations that I get put in where, you know, I'm like, man, am I even ready or am I equipped to handle this? Do I need to be there? Do I need to handle that? Do I need to be the person for this? And God's always like, don't worry about what you thinking and how you're feeling about it. Just go when you're called. Go where you're called. Go where you're needed. And I ultimately Mm -hmm. felt like us having a conversation and us meeting and us, uh, you know, unpacking it before this was needed. needed. And I feel like that's where God wanted me to. Be. I, I feel like that's where he wanted me to be for you, right. um, especially to then, especially then mm-hmm. for it to transform into this. Because you just recently called me like, yo, man, I should do it on the podcast. It's, yeah. it's, I, I thought about it. I and, thought about it, yeah. You know what I'm saying? And like, you know, I think that's just, that's the better, um, that's the better space for me to unpack it. Right. 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 So, so talk to me, man. I, I think you should enlighten, uh, you know, obviously those who are watching, like, Take your time, you know what I mean? Absolutely. But just let us know what is it that you are dealing with. Um, start wherever you may. Absolutely. You know, like I said, um, what, before we understand anybody mm-hmm. uh, outside introspectual position, mm-hmm. extraspectual position, we have to look at the root to the fruit, I like to mm-hmm. say. We, like, we have to look at what environmental factors permit this individual to be who they are, mm-hmm. right? Because I'll never approach Justin or your team with judgment before I can really unpack where they've been, what circumstances they've been in to permit mm. their behavior. If mm. my friend Justin flies off the handle on me, something I don't appreciate, um, I'm not going to judge you inst- instantly. I'm going to look at what type of family environment did this happen? brother did his father fly off the handle Mm -hmm. and if so i can take that data and make a i would say a holistic decision based off of who you are so we're going to go to we're going to be have a moment of vulnerability and go Mm -hmm. into the root of the fruit of who roy mccree the fourth is and he's a guy who was born with spinal meningitis Mm -hmm. you know back then you know 1998 it was a thing where like they were telling my mom we don't know we don't really have a remedy, so yeah. we don't really see this in babies. So like we're telling her, preparing her mentally to say like he's never gonna walk. Mm-hmm. You're gonna, he's gonna kind of be have to be nurtured and have to be a mushroom throughout his um, childhood and adulthood, right? And, uh, and my mom always sent me pictures. You know, I was hooked up to many tubes. You know, just it looked like I wasn't gonna make it. I was in ICU for weeks. So I beat that. Mm-hmm. I'm a fighter. I'm a champion. Mm-hmm. I beat that, right? Yeah. You know, later we discovered that hey, this kid, well, eighth, seventh grade, seventh, eighth grade. When we start getting close, he has ADHD and dyslexia. Mm. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. You know, they tell me, you know, I don't really understand it at the time, right? Mm-hmm. But I do see 
the approach that my parents took was like, okay, instead of really giving Roy, I, they, I'm not going to shame my parents because they did the best they knew how to do. They Absolutely. didn't have the remedy at the time. They didn't know. Mm-hmm. So they said, we're going to kind of enable him in a lot of different ways. Mm-hmm. You know, I think the right approach would have been to give me the tools to be successful, right? Mm-hmm. And they did, but it was a lot of enablement because they never wanted me to feel inadequate mm-hmm. in sports life, in the classroom. Because there was many times where I would look at you, mm-hmm. the coach would tell you something once, Justin, do this route, do this, and you would get it in- instantly. Mm-hmm. But me, in seventh eighth grade, he would say, Roy, do this, come down and do that. I would mess it up time and time again. So mm-hmm. that made me, I had struggled with some self-esteem issues early on. Yeah. That I kind of buried and buried because who was a big gladiator football guy with self-esteem issues? Because you know, yeah, when we used to step on the field at Ferndale Middle School, mm-hmm. we were the guys. We were the guys. So mm-hmm. how can I tell somebody that I'm feeling this way, right? Mm-hmm. Um, struggle with the ADHD thing, you know, and uh, teamed up with Dr. Mark Anderson, who's been amazing in my life, still is. He's mm-hmm. a psychiatrist. He, deals with <coughs> ADHD. So he gave me some great tools to cope, to get through it, how to be successful with this um, disability. Yeah. Um, you know, and when I look up, I'm going to Orchard Lake St. Mary's. Right? Mm-hmm. I'm going to Orchard Lake St. Mary's in high school. So I'm like, wow, I'm really, this is one of the most prestigious schools in the nation. Right. I'm like, wow, like, maybe I can hold myself to a little higher esteem now because like, Look where I'm at. Look where I'm at. I can compete with the best of them. You know. um, And that was a place where I learned a lot about myself and what I needed out of an institution, Mm -hmm. high school and college. Um, It wasn't a great fit. I'll be honest with you there. It wasn't a great fit. So then migrated to Detroit Country Day. Uh, It's a way better fit, more family um, culture. They took the individual from a holistic standpoint. They took the individual from an arts, fine arts, athletic, and academic standpoint, right? They, they, they helped you mold who you are and put that into a melting pot, right? That's what I needed. Mm-hmm. I didn't need to be judged. You needed to be embraced. Embraced. Yeah. And kind of loved. Mm-hmm. Um, great experience. And th- that was probably one of the best decisions in my life. Mm-hmm. I still, Polly, Tim, Lenard, you know, mm-hmm. all of my buddies back back in Detroit Country Day, we're still hanging out today, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, it was great. Um, but it was still some enablement. The enablement was still there mm-hmm. because they say this guy, we can use this guy, so we're going to give him what he needs instead of giving him the tools. Um, you know, and, um, and I think as of lately, I've been going and doing some serious introspection of who I am. Yeah. What events in my life permit who I am and how I treat people, you know, how I speak, you know, some things that I might miss out on or some things that I may grasp, right? Mm-hmm. And this experience was something that was rooted from going to Boston. Mm-hmm. Going to Boston. Right. Boston was a place that was very tough, as you know. Yeah. Boston is not a place that you can just walk into and you think everything's going to be friendly and nice and people are going to be like, hey, let's go do this. No. 
Mm-hmm. Boston's a hard place. Celtics, New England, mm-hmm. right? For the first time in my life, I didn't have that enablement. I didn't have mom getting groceries. Yeah. I didn't have dad come to change the tire and changing yeah. my oil. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it was um, a very difficult time. Yeah. But it made me. It made me. I got a question, right? Mm-hmm. Um, because I hear... N- So, I hear enablement, right? Enablement. And, you know, I think about a lot of things. Um, I think one of the common themes in a lot of people's life experiences is that, you know, as humans, you know, in flesh, we tend to, I mean, we all judge at some point in our life. Somebody else, a group of people, we're all guilty of it. We have probably been in situations where we might judge others based off of what they don't know. And assuming that they should know. So it's impossible for, for us to process the possibility that they, they, that they don't know exactly. and, and make it logical like, mm, this is probably why. Mm-hmm. Versus what we re- how we really react and how we really you know treat these people are, you should know this, you're dumb, you're an idiot, you're stupid, right? Like you, like, why are they like this? So you know what I mean? Like just kind of making it their fault, right? Right. And so when I hear enablement, I think about, and from your perspective, when I hear it, I just hear you being given everything. Given. Right? Given and to an unhealthy amount. Exactly. It's the difference between providing and giving. Oh, yeah. It's very unhealthy. That's, that's nice. That's And that's true. Yeah. I never can, thought about it. I would be remiss if I didn't acknowledge that and if I didn't take that and take be accountable for some, even accepting some things when I knew that I should be doing it on my own. Because even in providing, there is a, um, there is a, what's the word, moderation, right? right? Because you're providing off of the contingency of what is needed, right? right? What is really needed, not, oh, I'm going to just give you everything. Yeah. That's not providing. Right. Showering somebody with something isn't providing. Mm. It's, it's overwhelming providing if that's what you call it but it's not really like in the very essence of what it means it's not providing so right. i get what you're saying mm. right now when it comes to get, getting everything getting everything you want need whatever but just too much do you believe or do you feel like in your own experience right that obviously and logically you know you you come you become accustomed to whatever it is that you're experiencing in life mm-hmm. so if you're given everything from when you were a kid up until you're 21 Nine times out of ten, you're gonna act like a spoiled brat. Yes. People won't understand that, but what that does to somebody's psyche is that it makes them feel like, oh, this is normal. Right. This isn't too much. This isn't um, more than most. This is normal. So, mom and dad got me this Lamborghini when I was 16, 15, and 13. Normal. That's normal. So, when I'm 21 and I don't have that Lamborghini from mom and dad, but they give me like a Honda, mom and dad, where's my Lamborghini? Why, like, why, why, that's why? the exactly. Mine was on yeah. a much smaller scale on than a, a, a $350,000 right. car, yeah, 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 but yeah. it was on a smaller scale because I, I love that you say that because um, some relationships failed in my life, yeah. male and female. Mm-hmm. Um, all it boils down to my perception of love, my perception of a relationship mm-hmm. that was all perceived to me in my adolescence. My perception of relationship was you service me mm-hmm. and I'll tell you how much I love you based off your service and right. your, your duties to me, right? Right, right. And but that, but I thought that was the natural way of life, due to how my parents and like my I got four sisters. I'm the golden boy of the family, mm-hmm. 
the first great grand to go off and do what I did. Yeah. So everybody's every time Christmas comes around or a holiday, where's Roy? Where's Roy? Is he home? Where is he? Mm. So I'm always thinking like, when a female comes into my life, like my perception of love is like, okay, I can tell if she's down if she'll do this for me. I can tell if she's down if she'll like, you know, go out mm. on a limb or ex- extend herself. Mm-hmm. It wasn't from a point of taking advantage. It was just a point of like, that's all I knew. Mm-hmm. That's all I knew. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and that was where my question was kind of leading, right? Mm-hmm. Is, or I'm not sorry, not is, but in your enablement in any position in any phase of your life, mm-hmm. do you feel like at some point you became aware enough to know that, man, I don't really need this? Or was it always something that you were accustomed to in a sense of you were used to it, obviously, but it was all you knew. So you genuinely didn't know how to operate outside of getting the help or getting whatever resources uh, that were given to you outside of that. Like, did you not know how to genuinely maneuver? Like you said, like you were in Boston and dad can come fix his tire. Mom can't come. You know what I mean? Like, did you genuinely have a crisis of like, what am I going to do? Or because you were still accustomed to that, at, even, at, even at 22, 21, 23? Right, right. Or were, was it a result of, or I'm sorry, or were you more aware at that point, but you just still had that epiphany, like, dang, mom and dad can't come. Right, right. Right? Like, what was it for you? It was, you know, honestly, I always knew I was capable, but I always chose comfort. Mm-hmm. Each and every day I chose comfort. Mm-hmm. And comfort for me was, Bronco football provided me with um, food. We can go to any restaurant in the city of Kalamazoo and eat whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, Bronco football provided me with a tutor that's on call whenever I need her to, to help me and assist me and act as my mom. Mm-hmm. Um, Bronco football provided me with housing, and Bronco football provided me with a community of guys that I never had to strain or stress for about friends, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, I think when I got to college, my enablement was heightened. Yeah. I love my college football experience. Yeah. I met some great guys. I learned a lot. I learned a lot about accountability, ownership, um, even business, too. Mm. Because when you look inside a college football program, you got the coaches in a high-up office. Mm-hmm. Those are CEOs and the GMs and the board of advisors. Mm-hmm. You got the plant guys, which are on a, a main floor in the locker room. Mm-hmm. And everything trickles down to, can we all come together, no matter your rank or um, position and get the job done mm-hmm. that's business mm-hmm. that's how ceos think mm-hmm. elon musk those guys so um i was always capable i just chose not to acknowledge it mm-hmm. i chose comfort right um but like i said the turning point was boston mm-hmm. simply simply um i learned how to pay bills mm-hmm. <laughs> i know that was no nah, that's i understand i, learned, yeah, I understand exactly yeah, yeah. learn learn how to manage money yeah. um on a small scale, but absolutely. Um, yeah, I mean, you know. Well, I would say this too, man. Like you know, I think that anything, small scale, medium scale, big scale, right? Like I think the simple mm-hmm. things are are what are, are still very, uh, you know, plausible, right? In the sense where, bro, like you know, you essentially what you just described was you became an adult, oh, yes. right? Like you really understood what it meant to, you know handle business, 
right? Like handle things. Yo, like I'm I'm gonna be low on rent this month. I gotta figure out where where my hours are going or like what job I'm gonna like what career like my interns like I have right. to figure these things out. Right. In right? Boston, I'm stacking shelves at night. In, in, in yeah. the grocery store. Yeah, man. You know, I'm stocking, I'm stacking shelves, you know. It's humbling. When I, it's very humbling. Yeah. Very humbling. I thought I was, um, if you ever seen Peyton Poole, I thought I was Mitch yeah. and Ace. <laughs> the, the Just the year before yeah. when I was at home, my boy Lulu, Ricky, little Ricky, man. Yep, and yep, uh, yep. We had just, <laughs> we, you know, very humbling. And um, what? I learned and had to do in Boston. Mm-hmm. No money could buy. Mm-hmm. You know, when we when we decided to go into the transfer portal and, and separate from Western Michigan, we had about eight eight scholarship offers from some pretty good institutions. Mm-hmm. Nobody thought I was going to pick little old Bentley University in mm-hmm. uh, Waltham, Massachusetts. Like nobody even in Detroit or anywhere else heard of that. I'm pretty sure you have never even heard of that before I even nah, came man. to you. Didn't I? I'm not gonna lie. Right. <laughs> I know I had Grand Valley, which was a great opportunity. Yeah. Love those guys. Wow. Um, you know, and I said, you know what? All my life, I've got I got everywhere in my life based off of my athletic ability. Mm-hmm. Think I would have gotten St. Mary's without athletics? Think I would have got into Country Day without athletics? Western Michigan? I'm going to actually put forth the effort into my academics to prove not only to the public or to my dad, or my father, or my mother, but to myself, because mm-hmm. I have never proven to myself that I can get into a prestigious institution without athletics. So I did that, yeah. and that's what attracted me to Bentley because they spoke to me in a different area of my life. They yeah. said, "We want you to come here. Mm-hmm. By the time you leave, we want you to be able to, you know, be ready to build out a company and let it get acquired for millions of dollars one day." Yeah. I said, "What? Yeah. That's possible? Yeah. Wow." So we went ahead and did that, and. Uh, so much sacrifice. It was so much sacrifice. So, Bentley, leap of faith, really. Uh, Everybody say, no, no, no. We don't know those guys. No, right. We don't. Know. Don't dump your bank account in some. It's yeah. a highly volatile investment. Yeah. We, everything I think about, I like to think investments. Mm. And I think that's polarizing, bro. Because I think when it comes down to Everything you really just talked about, um, you spoke on when it came to, you know, the ADHD, the enablement, right? Just essentially learning how to do things on your own because your whole life you've been given everything. Exactly. You chose the, on paper, and maybe in reality, but on paper first, the most, like, like it's literally a juxtaposition. Somebody who's in that position where they're getting everything they're being enabled goes to this environment where everybody doesn't get what they want. Everybody doesn't get what they need every time at the time of a finger. You have to work. You have to work. You gotta do it. Gotta right? Do it. Right. And 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 so I think that's very interesting that you even decided to go that route. Right. Cause yeah, I didn't know where Bentley was, man. I'm not gonna lie. I mean, <laughs> but I mean, it's still, you know, it was it was an opportunity nonetheless. And so I perceived it and I received it just as that. Like, yeah, man, go for it, bro. I'm happy for you. Let's do it. Let's go. Um, now, when it comes to, you know, when it comes to, like, the, you know, the Bentley and going through that process and essentially learning all of these life skills mm-hmm. from Bentley, which I can, I'm pretty sure a lot of people can, you know, relate to that, especially you know, in your early 20s, right? Like, 
you learn how to pay bills. You learn how to stock up your fridge. You learn what to grocery shop for. You learn what you like. You learn right. what you don't like. Right. Bro, we change every year of our life. Right. Right. 20s are the most pivotal years of our life because, bro, every year we think we know who we are. We think we know, um, you know, our interests. We think we know what what movies we like. We think right. we know what food we like. We think right. we know what we want to do. But in reality, it's like, dude, we just cruising, you know. Cruising. Now there are people in life who are blessed enough to have something on the on the on the front end right away, where they know throughout their twenties or thirties, whatever, that they're going to be good. They're going to be chilling. in this position, right? But then there's the other percentage of people who are just figuring it out, and that's cool because mm -hmm. that's life. Right. And I think a lot of the time when we kind of go through life, we meet a lot of people who are very very critical mm. about those who decide or those who look like they aren't solidified, right. which is so crazy to me yeah. because now it just makes it seem like you, as I'm just going to use you as an example, let's say you're one of the people who are just like, eh, well, bro, we're 25. Why is right. he still working at right. this place? Why right. is he even working a nine-to-five job? Right, right. It's, it's, it's a very ignorant position to be in right. because you think about life. Right. We have to work. Again, everybody's not blessed to be in a position where being an entrepreneur right. is what's going to get them or being in an NFL, NBA, right. right, or whatever. Because in this generation, that has been something that has been very, very publicized, right. where that's like the norm. That's like the standard. Yo, the standard is, yo, you don't got this many followers on Instagram. If you don't, um, if you don't have this much money in your bank account by this time, or right. you can have this much money, like people are chasing these things. Chasing these like these are the... These are the, 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 like, it's really their goal. Yeah. When in reality, they're just influenced, influenced by that idea that's being spewed out from this outlet, that outlet. Now they're just like, man, I do want a million dollars by 25. Right. When, bro, a year ago, they, were, they might be a millionaire, but yeah. now they're anxious about being a millionaire. They're trying to rush the process. They're trying to rush the process, or what's even worse, they're trying to cheat the process. Right. Because it's possible, shoot, anybody can be whatever they want to be in, 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 theory, in, in theory, mm -hmm. right? In some, in some instances, not always in theory, but. But I think it just takes away the practicality of what we are dreaming about. Right. That's why I really don't subscribe to, and I don't knock them, but I don't subscribe to the people who are just like, you only sleep, you sleep eight hours? I sleep three hours. Like, dude, what? Why? Dude, why? It's Get not your healthy. sleep. Get your sleep. Go to sleep, bro. It's not healthy. <laughs> like, like, it's okay. Get eight hours of sleep, bro. It's yeah. okay. It's fine. You're not going to lose anything by being up five extra hours. They hear the Kobe Bryant on YouTube and say, I only slept this and I got up in the gym. You have to think Kobe was special. Dude, he, he, was, he a was a different breed. He was different. You're not. But he might have been clinically insane and yes. able to compartmentalize that yes. through through basketball. Exactly. You know, he I, and he was he was he had a gift. Everybody yeah. knew that. He has a gift. Right? And, and and so it's it's and go ahead. Sorry. It's very ironic that you say that about people, you know, rushing the process, and even though they're in a good position, they want to be in an even better position. Yeah. Right. I just spoke to my great friend, really good friend. She's very near and dear to my heart. About. She said, "Bro, I, I, uh, I got everything going right now. Mm -hmm. I know everything's okay. Mm -hmm. I'm still anxious because I feel mm -hmm. like I'm supposed to be somewhere. Mm -hmm. Oh, I'm supposed to be somewhere. Yeah." Yeah, yeah, yeah. I said, you know what? I'm do I'm dealing this with the same thing. This mm -hmm. point of transition, we get so influenced by outside factors that make us believe in our mind that you aren't mm -hmm. adequate enough because you aren't here mm -hmm. or here. Mm -hmm. Well, we can't even be happy where we're at in that moment. Right. No, 
whether you are in your past or your future, you're robbing yourself of the present. Exactly. So we have to think about that and say, you know what? Let me be present. Let me take a deep breath. Mm. Let me get rid of all the chaos and focus on what's in front of me and stay on, on a parallel path. Mm-hmm. That's my equation, man. Mm-hmm. That's my equation. You gotta be still. Gotta be present. still. And we talk about in your 20s, we're evolving. I guarantee a year, two years ago, you would have never wanted to be around me. Mm-hmm. When I look at myself in the past, I say, yuck. Mm-hmm. Yuck. Yeah. <laughs> Start, Sorry, it's like, ugh. God, I was just, I was never a malicious guy. I was never like, I'm going to F you over or do this or do that. But you talk about very unconscious mm-hmm. and just billowing my way, forcing my way in and like not being conscious of other feelings. Mm-hmm. I mean, my feelings and other people's feelings and what they needed. Mm-hmm. Because my approach now is like, sometimes I think it's okay for me to forfeit my needs and help somebody else. Absolutely, yeah. It, that's totally, that's where I'm at right now. I just want to serve and help. And um, I think, you know, what was a big part of that, and we keep saying Boston. Yeah, no, keep it, keep saying it. Keep we keep it. saying Boston, baby, but as they say, Boston. <laughs> Boston, <laughs> you know, but. Yeah. Um, that's where I really learned how to acknowledge my feelings. Yeah. I learned what were f- what are feelings and how to interpret it from uh, somebody else. Mm-hmm. Because we got to remember, my father was 18 years in the military. Mm-hmm. He was a military guy. Yep. So everything was regimented. You know, he was carry out every duty with precision. Whether mm-hmm. you're making your bed in the morning, I want hospital beds. <laughs> yeah. Right. You know, fold them shirts up. You know, so everything was, I don't care from point A to point B. You tell me you want to go to Orchard Lake St. Mary's. We don't really care about what's going on with the feelings and in between. Mm-hmm. The mission is from here. The mission. the mission is here to there. So my approach to life was just like, what's the mission? Mm-hmm. How can I get there? Mm-hmm. But when I say, how can I get there? I'm not thinking about everybody else that I can crush mm-hmm. on the way. Mm-hmm. I crushed a lot of people on the way. Yeah. I crushed a lot of people on the way. Yeah. Um, I stepped on a lot of people, and I can acknowledge that. Um, trying to get somewhere all the time. First, it started out. <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> that sounds crazy. It's crazy. Yeah. But can we really be Elon Musk? Can we really be Michael Jordan? Can right. we really be Magic Johnson right. without crushing people along the way? Right, yeah, yeah. That's... Dang, bro. That's, can, we, uh, can we carry that? Can we can we be? Can we execute that level yeah. of success without stepping over some people? Yeah. Right. Disregarding some people. Disregarding some people and their feelings, what they need, and being conscious of them. Mm-hmm. And from freshman year to from the day I left Western Michigan, I would say I did not care about others' feelings. Mm-hmm. I only cared about how can Roy excel. Mm-hmm. I was in an extreme state of self-preservation. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. because it was all about how I grew up. It was all about the mission. The mission yep. is to come to Western Michigan, get a scholarship, yep. be on the big screen, make my family proud. Mm-hmm. That's all it was about. Yeah. But now that I look back, it's about the process. It's about the journey. It's about the, it's about the people that come in your life. And uh, you talk about feelings. You know, Who gave you the playbook 
to acknowledge and learn to teach about feelings and understand how a young lady or a man is supposed to feel? Who, who like who gave you that finite def, uh, definition and playbook in your life? You said to essentially figure out how to. Like when you come out the womb, somebody says, Justin, when a young lady comes in your life or when, it, when a good friend comes in your life, mm-hmm. this is how you treat them. For me, ah. for me, it was nobody. Mm-hmm. We had to learn as we go. Yeah. We had to learn as we go. And um, being a gladiator, right? Mm-hmm. You know, I was number, like, <laughs> all the guys on my team called me 42. Right? 42, when 42 come down, you know he's rocking and rolling. You know he don't, you know. He come on reckless abandon, coming downhill. That's the guy he is, right? He, he's malicious. Mm-hmm. But deep down, I was very, very scared. Mm-hmm. On the football field, I attacked. Yeah. And when I stepped into my personal life, with relationships, with friends, and other relationships, I couldn't compartmentalize. Yeah. The gladiator. Yeah. From the lover. Yeah. I couldn't do it. That's that's a that's a parallel. Yeah. Thought I was a gladiator all the time. Mm-hmm. Thought I had to be tough mm-hmm. and, and suffocate how I really felt. You know. Mm, I think. I mean, you know, I'm the youngest of six. Right. Right. Um, I got two older brothers, three older sisters. My mom, my dad. You know, they're still married. Mm-hmm. My older brother, Maurice, he gave me his ideology of women. Mm. Right? He was a real bachelor. <laughs> but uh, I learned a lot from him. He was my role model growing up, my older brother. But he gave me one side of it, and my father gave me the other side of it. Um, and I would say that my father always taught me how to treat women. He always taught me how to treat people, and I always, always, you know, I always read it back to the Bible. That's where he got it from. Right, right. Same here. You know, and so, and so, that then drove me to, you know, doing it myself. Which it, obviously over time, and it led me to coming into faith, right? And so I've always had an idea. I've always been a lover boy, so I've always wanted to treat women really good. Me, me too. Right. Me too. But it wasn't until <laughs> I got a little bit older. Right. Ego got a little inflated. Right. Where although I was still a lover boy and although I was still nice, I still had a side of me that was very answer to me. Like, I'm the top dog. Wow. I'm I'm Kane, right? I'm Kane. Like I'm the guy. I'm, I'm the guy. Like I am him. him. You get I'm what I'm saying? Him. I I'm him, right? Yeah, I'm him. You know what I mean? So <laughs> you know? so that was a lot of my mentalities, a lot of my mentalities behind closed doors mm. growing up. Behind, like, you know, because again, I really, I mean, I've always been, you know, everybody that knows me knows who I am. They know me in my very essence, in my very, at the very foundation, right? I have the same rep everywhere I go. Because right. that's just who I am. But few people have seen who I was, who I could become. Mm. And so who I could become was, and, you know, it was stemmed from a lot of things childhood from just me realizing things and me understanding things and me becoming versions of myself that I didn't like. Mm-hmm. I ultimately feel like what you touched on is introspection. Mm-hmm. Looking at yourself in the mirror. Not being afraid to. 
having the audacity to be like, or not even audacity, but having the the fearlessness to observe yourself in a way where it could hurt you if you weren't so aware. Like, imagine not being aware of how you're behaving, how you're affecting other people, mm-hmm. and you're genuinely confused. Like, you're genuinely confused about why this person is, like, mad at you, or you're genuinely confused as to why these people don't want to be around you. Right. Right? But if you're aware in that, and you're like, man, I'm I'm tripping right now. Like, I'm, I'm really, like, why am I acting like this? Like, why did I just do that? Like, right. I'm so sorry. Like, I, they don't want to be around me because of this. Right. That's a more productive way of receiving that uh, that epiphany, that revelation, because then you can work from that and you can figure out which way and where it's coming from and the root and, again, finding the fruit in the whole situation, yeah. right? right. Um, and so I would then go and say it's like, I, I would even go as far as to say this, like the fruit of how we act comes from the very essence that we operate from. So I'll give you an example, right? If, for me, like, you know, I'm a believer, okay? Mm -hmm. If I'm not in my word, if I'm not, you know, talking to God, if I'm not living out the way, my life the way that I know I should be living it out, I'm going to produce bad fruit. I'm going to be angry. I'm going to be irritated. I'm going to be impatient. I'm going to be, I'm not, I'm not going to be kind. I'm going to be, not a good lover. You know what I'm saying? I'm not going to be a good person to be around, a good friend. I'm not going to be a good brother, a good boyfriend. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? But if I'm in my word, if I'm if I if I'm if I'm um working and and continuing my relationship with the Lord and I'm operating from that and 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 that's my influence, that's my why, that's the very first thing the front of my life, then I'm going to inherently inadvertently be Patient, kind, gentle, what the what the fruits of the spirit is, what the definition of love is. So I'm gonna be that because I'm operating in that already. Right. Right? Because right. if I'm not operating in it, then how can I how can I be that and how can I exemplify that if I'm not operating in it mentally first, spiritually, and then it'll inadvertently become physical. Right. Right? Right. So that didn't just, you know, it just begs a question now when you're in that space of, oh man, I'm not nice. I'm not gentle. I wasn't, I wasn't nice here. I, I made this person mad. Oh man, now she hates me. Oh man, my girlfriend left me because I was too toxic in this area. Now it begs or to enable or to enable <laughs> where they felt like, okay, I'm, I'm now I'm taking care of you. I'm taking care of you. And I'm, I'm your mom, bro. Yeah. Like, yeah. Nah, bro. Like, nah, like this ain't that, man. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. You know, nah, yeah. you know you, I know you're capable, yep. but this ain't that, man. So yeah. you, Go do what you're going to do. But um, you talked about, spoke to me, was your definition of love. Mm-hmm. Mine was, as I said, my far left for Boston. <laughs> you know, Boston. Boston. Um, it was, my definition of love was almost high school. Mm-hmm. Almost high school, it was predicated upon service. Mm-hmm. Not acts of service. Mm-hmm. Not we're not talking about love language. We're talking about, like I said, you service me, and I'll tell you I love you. Yeah. But when I left, mm-hmm. I'm sitting in the room by myself, and I'm saying, man, how can I be a better son? How can I be a better uncle or brother? Yeah. Or friend, right? Mm-hmm. And I started redefining my definition of love, and I 
came to the conclusion that love is letting go. Mm. Love is letting go. Mm -hmm. Okay. Let's let things go. You love the game of football, let it go. Mm. You have to let go to really love somebody. And by also, it was like, love is from the connection from self first. You have to love yourself. You have to love everything about yourself. I mean, you know, I'm, not, I'm sorry, you don't have to love everything about yourself because we're always constantly working and progressing, but you have to love self. You have to love your creator. Whatever you believe in, you have to have some spiritual foundation. And then we can love flesh wholeheartedly because we just try to come here. It's going to fail every time. If we try to step out on our own without those, those necessary steps, we'll fail. And uh, you say you're a lover boy. And always have been. Mm -hmm. We two light skinned brothers. <laughs> of course, we, you know, yeah. like Champagne Bobby, you know. Like yeah. <laughs> it's natural, right? That's it's, just it's natural. who we are. As yeah. much as we want to be, you know, mm -hmm. that guy, we're not, right? Mm -hmm. And I'm a one woman show. Mm -hmm. I really am. Like, I don't have a beautiful woman come to my life and beautiful kids and send them to soccer and all that right. stuff. Like, mm -hmm. that's my vision of my future, mm -hmm. not. Being in the club at 40. Yeah, absolutely. Right. And, um, you know, love is like a landmine. Mm -hmm. We take big shots. We're coming through like this together. Mm -hmm. We go through the landmine. We might have a, a uh, landmine blow up. She might blow off a leg. She might get wounded. I might get wounded. But I guarantee we're going to make it through it together. Mm -hmm. That's what I told myself. Those are my rules. Everybody has rules. Those are my rules. If you're willing to weather the storm with me, mm -hmm. I can guarantee that we'll make it to the other side, right? Mm -hmm. And I stand by that. So what would you say? Because I heard, when I, what I really heard in that, in a sense, what you were communicating, at least at first, was self-denial, right? Mm -hmm. uh, that's, I mean, that's a huge part of my life, for sure. Mm -hmm. uh, denying yourself. You can't deny, you can't serve other people unless you deny yourself, and what that looks like is just seeing yourself smaller than the biggest thing, right? You have to make yourself small to serve others. You're not too good to help. You're not too good to sit and listen. You're not too good to pick up the phone. You're not too good to text back, right? You're not too good to give advice, right? And I think uh, you know self denial in a relationship. You know, because for me, you know, self-denial is in everything. I have to deny myself every day. I have to pick up my cross and, and, and walk, right? right? Because it's, it's a sacrifice. It is. You know, it's a sacrifice. It's living life is a sacrifice. You, you have to sacrifice a lot of things. Mm -hmm. You know, just because certain things feel good don't mean that they are good for you, right? right? And so you spoke on, you know, what sounded like a relationship. Mm -hmm. So, explain to me, uh, if you don't mind, brother, just explain to me, how was the enablement and the the love intertwined in your own ideology, I'm not ideology, in your own experience, in your, if you had a past relationship, if you're in a relationship, like, what was something from that experience um, that you know, what, 
how did those factors play into that? When we talk about relationships, you know, I just, many relationships. Mm -hmm. Many guy friends, mm -hmm. girl friends. Just being Being yeah, just stepping on people, man. Mm -hmm. Not in a weird, but but just stepping on people. Love I wasn't I was too young to even think about to even acknowledge love. Mm -hmm. But like I said, like This is year two, bro. I was buying all types of designer, Dior, um, Louis Vuitton. I was buying I had exclusive Canada Gooses, you know. Mm -hmm. And because I was hurting, I was struggling. Mm. I was trying to replace a piece of me that I knew wasn't adequate enough yeah. for people that I really cared about. I was always trying to portray that I was okay. Mm. I have everything figured out. You can see me. My clothes tell you I got everything figured out. Absolutely. By the BMW. You can see I'm okay. Mm -hmm. Really wasn't. I was hurt. I was hurt. And I, th I think I'm, uh, I was hurt. And um, I was hurt because I couldn't come to a point to submit myself. Mm-hmm. Can come to a point to submit myself and allow people in at a certain level. Mm -hmm. um, we talk about vulnerability. Man, I was scared. Yeah, I was scared up until this couple months ago. I was scared to let people in and show them that this big bad macho guy mm -hmm. is like really soft inside, and he's really he can t he can cry a little bit. Mm -hmm. He can get going, you know. So. Fake act. Mm -hmm. Like you, I don't think I. Like I don't know. It's just I wanted to impress people because I wasn't really one hundred percent dedicated and devoted to my self development. You know. Yeah. So would, would like you right say now, like I can give a damn less. Like yeah. I'm gonna. $60 Target outfit right now. Yeah. You look you, good. You, you look say, good, you brother. Say, you, say, you, you look good, brother. <laughs> you say, where'd you get those shirts? I said, Target, 15 bucks. Yeah. Because I submitted all those things, man. Uh -huh. And I always say, if a young, well, not a young lady, if a woman come in my life, mm -hmm. I want her to come in my life for what's inside. Yeah. Not for what I have. Oh, what yeah. I look like. I'm going to always be keep myself groomed and clean, mm -hmm. but she's not going to want to be with me because I got on the Dior shirt. Right. Yeah. Or, 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 or Maserati. Mm -hmm. you know. I got a question, right? Mm -hmm. So you say, you know, essentially you're being used. Yeah. Would you say, right, because you know, you, and I, and I could, I can 110% resonate with you, what you're saying, because 
I've experienced that in my relationship, mm -hmm. you know, in the very beginning, right. right? Where I was just really afraid to give all of me. Mm -hmm. um, and I think somewhat unconsciously, I just wasn't used to it. Right. So it scary. wasn't that I was afraid. It is scary. Am I wrong? It's, yeah, it is. It is, bro, because you don't know what that other person is going to do about it. Like, you don't know how they're going to receive it. So everything can be all good and G. And then one day you cry. Mm -hmm. Oh, I've never cried. Why are you crying, Roy? Whoa. This isn't you. They're not used to that, right? They don't even know how to... They, what I've noticed and what I've learned and I've even uncovered in my own relationship, I think that women are so used to being taken care of right. and not like enabled or like right. in that way, just like they're so used to being like, I'm sad. And then their man or boyfriend being, you know, what's wrong? Like, I want to help you to the rescue. They, right. they always have a Superman, whether right. it be their father, brother or, or husband or man or whatever. Right. As on the flip end, men, we're not used to being as vulnerable, yes. right? We're probably more a little bit more vulnerable with each other than we are with our with our women, right? Like 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 AK man, you know what I'm saying? This, but we 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 like our approach is like okay, oh, yeah, it's just, not like hey, yeah, it's like hey, can let's get let's get a brew, man. Exactly, we just chop it up, we go kick it at a you know a bar, or a park, whatever, just talk, right? Right, and I think that the culprit for that in the sense of the man coming and, and confessing and finally being vulnerable enough to tell his woman is she won't even really be able to handle that because she's not used to it. So the entire relationship may be, I'm sad, 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 I'm sad. And then the man's like, okay, what's wrong? Right. Fix, fix, fix. So now we're in a fixing mentality the whole time. Yeah, fix. We know how to fix things now. Right. 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 But we don't know how to go and get fixed. We don't know how to dish we it out. We don't know how to go and dish it out. Right. So now when we go and dish it out, finally for the first time in I don't know how many years, months, whatever, now we're met with confusion. They don't know what to do. Your girl doesn't know how to talk to you. She doesn't know how to, you know, receive your hurt, your pain. She doesn't know how to carry that because and, she's not used to it. And once I once I first pick up on that sense of confusion or not knowing how to adequately console me, then I immediately revert to protect, protect, protect. Mm -hmm. Let me keep you, let me stiff arm you. Mm -hmm. Keep you out here. Mm -hmm. Let me keep you, you know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? Like, I ain't, I can't extend myself like that. Yeah. Because, like, we really, men protect our minds too. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We protect our minds. Just like how a woman protect her body, mm -hmm. we protect this mm -hmm. at a very high level. Yeah. And I always ask myself the question is, how can I safely, how can I safely be vulnerable to a woman? Like, very safely, though. Like, it's a, it's a difference between being vulnerable, like, I'm, we're vulnerable right now. Mm -hmm. But how can I safely and intelligently be vulnerable? Being, it's dangerous. It is a danger, is and it sucks though because as much as the men need to protect the women, right? And as much as we need to protect our women, I think the women need to take care and protect the men as well. There has to be a, a even playing field. So to even play, so even to even play around with that question of when is it safe? to 
essentially when when is this because like why are we thinking about that right especially with the people that we love why are we thinking about is it even safe to tell this person right i shouldn't hesitate to call a because i'm i'm sad i shouldn't hesitate to call b because i'm sad right but right. instead ah, a i don't know they might not receive it b they're not even gonna listen to me, bro. They right. gonna try to just give me advice. Yeah, yeah. C, I know that they'll sit and listen and just be with me. Yeah. But why can't everybody be like that, especially our loved ones, mm -hmm. right? Right. So I mean, that's a deep question. That's an existential question, in my opinion. I think when you talk about, you know, safe space, that's easy. I mean, that's not easy. That's hard, but it's easily. What I meant was, it's easily a a tricky situation to get yourself into right. because now when you're met with the answer of, is it safe? And you're not sure now what you just said you basically flee you go the other way you basically push people away right right like keep yourself at a distance right, right? yeah um and so when it comes down to operating in that space it can become detrimental to your own mindset and th in things and how you operate in the room because now you don't feel like you have anybody right you don't feel like you have anybody nobody's at your disposal right so are you hurting yourself i resonate yeah you're hurting yourself right you're hurting you know? yourself and when we talk about being athletes, man, what brought me and you together was that mm -hmm. we were the we were the athletes. Mm -hmm. like, yeah, we were those guys. We were those guys in yeah. that seventh yeah. grade. Like, yeah. man, I got a black brother, he's yeah. an athlete. He running yeah. just as fast as me. Yeah. So quite naturally, I'm gonna come up and try to beat him. Yeah. And we went from foes to like, okay, let's be on the same team now. Yep. Like, yep. let's yep. be on the same team yep. and, and, and kill them now instead yep. of just clashing. So we joined forces. Yeah. Like we're doing now, we're joining forces, mm -hmm. and um, and just being an athlete, right? We were natural competitors at that point, and but I see now with that, and that's why I love sports, and that's why I loved football. You know, that's why I loved when I played it, the camarader the camaraderie, and the safe space within football. That brotherhood, that was a safe space. So when I got to friends, so when I got to middle school, when I got to Ferndale, man, I was new. I was a new kid on You're the block. You were a new kid, right? Right. I was established. Like, you oh, were, yeah, you Joe, were, you were, yeah, exactly. Well, everybody like parlor, knew, everybody yeah. knew, right? So it's like I get there, I'm a new kid on the block. I just moved to to Royal Oak. Right. I'm a new kid in the neighborhood on the block and everything, and then I'm, I'm, at Ferndale Middle School, bro. I was in, a, I went to a charter school, right, in elementary school. So I'm in a school with. In, in uniforms with a bunch of black kids. Right. That was a demographic, just a bunch of black kids. We were all black you at the charter school. No, I went to school. I went to Loris Academy. Oh, really? Yeah, man. <laughs> and I mean, it was cool. I met a lot of cool friends. I, I still got two mm -hmm. lifelong friends from Loris Academy to this okay. day. Okay. But I go to I go to Ferndale Middle School, and I'm like, I'm honestly in paradise because, bro, it's so diverse. diverse. It's a place that I've always wanted to be. I can right. diverse. I would go to the mall. See little Asian kids, white kids, Indian kids, different kids of different races mm -hmm. that I'm not used to seeing on a daily basis, right? So it was a whole other world whenever I left my house. That's when I lived in Detroit. It was a whole other world when I went to the mall, when I went to Novi, when I went downtown. Like right. it was another world because I'm seeing different people. Right. As a kid, when I was in elementary school, I went I went to school, went back home, I was on the block. I was on, with my friends. On the block, right? Cuba. You know what I'm saying? So for a good percentage of my life, all I saw was black kids, mm -hmm. right? Like I was, I was only involved in that environment, which is dope. I'm not knocking black kids. I'm just saying, like that's all I saw. So that's all I knew. Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. I was always like, 
the oddball in some way. There was always something about me that just stood out from everybody else, and that was not even in like a bad or good way. It's just I just socially I was just pro. I need to be somewhere else. I need to go somewhere to exercise this because right. a lot of kids could not relate to me at a young age. So <laughs> I get to middle school. What? I get to middle school. Dude, who's this guy? Dude, and then I, I skateboard. And I see, right, and then I see you. I'm like, yo, it's another brother in the school. Yo, what's yeah. going on? And then you play football. You was you looked the same in middle school, bro. You was big. You was spilled and everything. No, I'm like, bro, I play football too. No, I was not. <laughs> Man, come on, bro. Like you was tight shirts fitting. Like, come on, <laughs> dog. I mean, bro, it was so fun because I felt like not only was I in a place that everybody understood me, right. but I also met somebody else who could relate to the experience that I was having. That polar that polar opposite. Exactly. We can look we can go around the corner to the township. Yep. Kicking it with them, play ball with them. Yep. And then we can go over to, you know, uh with Jeremiah and them across nine miles. Yeah. And kick it with them and yeah. be cool with them too. So you and I were just like chameleons. For sure. We can go here, go there. For sure. People didn't get that. So a lot of yeah. guys were just one track minded. Yeah. Oh, I'm just with this group. I'm with that group. Um, you know, and it, w- it was just kind of, that's why people look at me now like, bro, like, you can literally step in any room and perform. And it's just amazing. And, like, when I talk about us being athletes. Like mm-hmm. Which, by the way, like I said, it's like we are athletes. And at that point when I, you know, when I met you, when I saw you, it was like, wow. I, I, it's like you almost feel that safe space yes. because you're like, bro, like, you know, yes. we get each other. We you know get each other, right, like, right. Which is why we were natural competitors. Natural competitors. Like, who's the best in the room? Who's the best in the room? When, right. we, when we realized, like, man, it ain't even about that. It's, it's about that. Who, like, we could thrive together. We can, you know what I'm saying? Gym class, let's, let's be on the same Gym team. Gym class, let's be on the same team. Let's do, you know what I mean? I got you, boom. Boom. It was automatically cheating to everybody, but who cares? You know, we <laughs> have fun, right? Exactly, and, um, you know, Another phase of my life. Right now, I'm no longer an athlete. Mm-hmm. Uh, I come home. You know, we think we're going back home mm-hmm. to Western Michigan to the team. Forty-two coming back. Mm-hmm. That guy, Heen. Mm-hmm. You know, the guy that everybody. Jump up and down when kickoff comes. Like first mm-hmm. play of the game, we're going. We're in the big house. We're at Sparty Stadium. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Think I'm coming back, and I get it. It's business. Mm-hmm. Men lie, women lie. Numbers don't lie. Mm-hmm. So, I got the green light in February, and then, uh, you know, sadly in June, you know, I, I followed up, and it was too many people on the roster. Mm-hmm. The numbers. It was all great intentions behind the mission to get back. You know, I love the staff over there, man. Coach Lester, big big ups to him, big ups to Coach Espo, big up to uh, Coach Andrews, big ups to all the guys um, that wanted to get me back. But the numbers just didn't add up, right? Mm-hmm. Devastating, because I wanted to come home. dedicate this season to my family, everybody who poured something into me, mm-hmm. everybody who got me to this point. Um, 
last year. We took a lot of big shots. Yeah. We had a lot of lit downs. Mm-hmm. But uh, they motored us, and, uh, you know, we're going to – right now, it's a tough, tough time for me because right now we're supposed to be getting booted up at camp. Mm-hmm. We're supposed to be in Waldo running the steps with the boys. We're supposed to be – if anything, if I don't know anything, I know when I step on that field with them 11 guys on that defense – I know a guy, big quarter moment, crashing down. Mm-hmm. Big middle linebacker, crashing down. Vero B. Florida. Mm-hmm. And when Corbin get going, he gets to shaking his dreads and he put his gold teeth in. He's just a, a, a nasty football player, but he's a sweetheart outside the field. And that was one of my best friends. Mm-hmm. That was my guy. That was my right hand, I would say, in that room. And uh, that's no more. You know, we went to Dallas and he's like, McCree, we on that kickoff, heaven skates. I'm going to meet you down there, brother. I got you. We locked and loaded. Cause mm-hmm. He was always a little, um, a couple steps ahead of me mm-hmm. with the plays and, you know, being a, being in the right position to make plays. Yeah. P- played early. So I was always looking up to him like, man, Corp, I got to get the remedy. And he was always vouching for me. Mm-hmm. Roy got to be in a one deep. Mm-hmm. Roy rocking and rolling with us. Mm-hmm. That was my guy. He still is. Um, but I knew he had my back. And guys like, Wayne Eskridge, you know, my baby Anton Curtis, mm-hmm. you know, these guys that made me, Donnie Ernstberger, um, I can go on and on, but mm-hmm. when Roy was, had all the potential in the world, 240, 235, running 4-6, dogging it, like, I'm, I'm, I'm half-assing it because it's like, uh, I, I can give, I can give half the energy I need to mm-hmm. be successful, but they knew I had more in the tank, so guys like Eskridge, Man, come on, man. You got more. That is like anti-Curtis. So I always have a special place in my heart for those guys, man, in that stadium. But now it's about finding a new identity because I am mm-hmm. going through identity crisis. Right. And I was going to, I was literally just going to ask, like, was or is football, would you say, your identity? Or was it because, and I can resonate, I stopped playing football. And for a while, I had an identity crisis as well, you know, when I, when I stopped playing football. Right, and because it was such a big part of my life, that was my every summer football. I got to high school every fall football, every winter track football, every summer we had football. Re- we had Reggie like, wins, exactly. Booby, we're booby wins. Right? We had boobies. And you know what I'm saying? So that was that was life, man. And I think that was. I mean, you 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 spend time with anything for that period of time, your whole life, you create an identity in it because that's all you know. So I was gonna ask, like, you know, was that or is that your identity? Do you think that you were so engulfed in it? Or do you think that it's more of the, 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 the what's the word? The regimen, the tradition, the, what come, what came with it? More or less than being a football player, but what came with it? Is that what you miss? Having the access to that, like that instantly? Like the brotherhood, the, the talks, the locker room stuff, you know what I'm saying? Like, I would say what came with it. I'm looking at my, uh, I'm looking at everything from a holistic perspective. I'm looking at when you swipe your card into Waldo, you smell it. You smell the tape. Mm-hmm. You smell the tape. You hear the stereo. Mm-hmm. We got Coach G two. Everybody, we hitting the steps. In the moment, I'm like, oh, here go Coach G two, man. <sighs> Six a.m. Coach, why you in my face, man? You, you know what I'm saying? I'm not trying to hit these steps. Mm-hmm. And I think about that. I say. Would do anything to hit those steps, and it was an identity thing because 
I created identity within the number 42. Mm-hmm. When I stepped into Waddle Stadium, they didn't call me Roy. They called me 42. They say, the meaning behind 42 is a guy who was a walk-on, who scrapped every day mm-hmm. to get what he deserved. Yeah. He took food off people's plate. He was a guy who was just, you knew 42 was just coming downhill mm-hmm. very recklessly and very uh, intentionally, you know? So I'm having a hard time dumping that off. Mm-hmm. But we have to move forward. And I wouldn't, I, I don't want to be somebody who buries all my uh, memorabilia in my basement, can't be in around the game, and can't go back to Waldo. Because I would say right now it's a trigger. Mm-hmm. And I can acknowledge that. It's a trigger. I love my guys, but it's a trigger for me right now. And mm-hmm. I have to heal. Mm-hmm. I have to heal. And I have to take this time to sit with myself and come to a place where I can be okay with this. I'm not there yet. Mm-hmm. It's going to take time. Yeah. But um, I miss those guys. I miss those guys a lot. And um, like I said, man, we had some dog days in there. Absolutely. I mean, it's nostalgia. Nostalgia always gets us in a in a place where we can feel pitiful, right? Like we missed out on something, or we're missing out, or we just want to relive it. We're we're so deep in the past that the present isn't fun, and the future really doesn't make sense. So, I get it. I understand what you're saying, how you feel, right? What I couldn't help but uh, observe really is how you said that you were a walk-on. And what's even more ironic is that at the after Western Michigan, when you went to Boston, you sort of left that enablement. Yeah. The reason why I think it's so mm-hmm. juxtaposed, I don't even know, juxtaposed, yeah. Juxtaposed. Juxtaposed, yes. Yeah. <laughs> there we go. What am I saying? <laughs> uh, yeah, juxtaposed uh, is the fact that you were a walk-on before you actually left that enablement. So I couldn't, I, I, I'm thinking of it in a way where, okay, you were a walk-on and you had to work to get that scholarship. It wasn't given to you. Exactly. So I would then reckon that you left enablement before you actually left enablement. Mm. But because it was in such an environment that you were used to, it didn't feel like you've been enabled in that part of your life. Yeah. Because you were just always naturally talented in that part of your life. Exactly. Football was something that you were just good at. Right. So you weren't really in, you, you weren't really enabled in the sense where they're giving you stuff and they're giving you talent and they're giving you a gift. No, you just had that. I had that. So it wasn't it didn't feel similar. It didn't feel familiar. Right. Right. But I just think it's interesting because I mean, dude, if you're a walk on and you're trying to get a scholarship, you got to work really hard, right? Oh. So that means that so that mean that it's in you. That mean that. You're not really handicapped as much as you think you are. So at that point, it's a mental thing. It's not even really the reality of, yeah. oh, man, like, I really don't know what to do. It's like, no, you know what to do. You know what to do. You just don't you exercise it. Exactly. Right. You, you don't choose, not, you choose not, to. not to. Yes. Right? So. That's what I said earlier. Like, I knew I was capable. You I just chose, chose not. You chose comfort. I chose comfort. Yeah. Remember that? I, said, yeah. I chose comfort. Yes. Yeah. And, that's, and, that's, and that's great introspection that you knew you choose the, I want to say, like, the coward's way out, but. Essentially, you know what I mean? Like the sentiment of just like going the easy way, right? Because that's what you're, you, you used to being comfortable. Right. You're used to taking the easy way. Right. You're used to just being like, oh, okay, there's no pushback. No pushback. There's no, uh, there's no accountability. Accountability. There's no, there's no one there that's like, yo, what are you doing? Come on, man. I'll take that, right? Because, because at, the college, at the college level, 
I can show up late. I can, I can, uh, you know, blow up an assignment. I can, I'm supposed to be in cover two. I'm in cover one. Mm -hmm. I can do that all day. But the thing is, I'm on my own dime. I'm mm -hmm. not, I'm not, I'm not on scholarship. So whatever I do doesn't really pertain to the best interest and entity of the business. Mm -hmm. The business is Bronco football. Mm -hmm. I'm just a byproduct. Mm -hmm. And when we start looking at things from a business perspective, it start, it start clicking. Right. You know, and just. Being a walk on, man, you know, getting scraps. Sometimes I'm going in with the threes. Yeah. You know? And, uh, but you know who got me through, through that process, though, right? When I was inside that walk on state, it was Muhammad Ali. Mm. He said, I didn't tussle with an alligator. I didn't wrestle with a whale. Mm. I didn't handcuff lightning, throw thunder in jail. Mm -hmm. He said, I'm bad. He said, last, last night I turned the light off in my bedroom and I was in a bed for the room. The, Ali, <laughs> that's hard. <laughs> it's a bad man right there. He said, "I'm so mean, I'm making medicine sick." <laughs> I mean, he heard him. Yeah. So, I was always playing Ali, mm -hmm. Ali, 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 because you know when he went through his thing, they stripped him of all his money. He was a man of his conviction. I am too. Gave a speech for the Black Lives Matter two years ago and said, I'll die for change. Mm -hmm. Put my life on the line right now. Mm -hmm. I've always been like a sacrificial person. Mm -hmm. So when I ran down on kickoff, I was always thinking, torpedo. Mm -hmm. I'm going to die and I'm going to, if I have to hurt myself for the greater good of my guy to my right, Corbin Moment, mm -hmm. AJ Thomas, Tyron Arnett, Anton D. Eskridge, I'll do it. Mm -hmm. And that's. We're healing, we're healing, we're healing, we're healing. That's good, healing. bro. And I won't let my process, uh, and also we're protecting our peace. Mm -hmm. That's my number one priority right now. I like that, yeah. Yeah, so, yeah. I love that you're healing. I love it, bro. I, I love that uh, you've made it to a place where you can, you know, you can confidently say that, mm -hmm. you know, where you're not psyching yourself out into thinking that you're healing. Right. Uh, you know, a lot of people can rush healing. Right, like there is a time limit when there's not. You know, the first time I ever, the first time I lost anybody important to me in my life was my grandma. Mm. She died when I was 16. Mm. Um, I was at track practice, practicing. I see my uncle walk on the football field. Wow. Um, rant, like just, I don't ever see him other than family gatherings. Right. And then my coach walks up to him because he doesn't know who he is. Mm. And he's like, Kane, come over here. It's Coach Conley. It's his boys. Okay. He's like, hey, Kane, come on, come over here. And uh, I go over, and then um, he walks up to me as I'm walking toward him, and he meets me halfway before I get to my uncle, and he goes, hey, man, just take the day off, man. Just take it easy today, man. Let me know what's going on tomorrow. I said, what's up? I just coach your uncle. I'm like, okay, cool. Go to my uncle. He said, it's your nana, man. She might not make it. Uh, Bro, I just saw my nana five days ago. Right. She was chilling at my house. Right. It was Easter. Like she was literally chilling at my house, eating food, like kicking it. Wow. You mean she's not gonna make it? I didn't even know she was in. I didn't even know she was in the hospital. So what's going on? He takes me to the hospital. Long story short, my nana had two strokes in like three weeks, and she was on the ventilator for like that week. She was in the bat. In the, that week, I found out, but she died peacefully, and that was the first time that I experienced loss, real loss, um, in my family. And I didn't know how to handle it, process it. Uh, I was numb for a while. 
wasn't until I realized that my nana did. She always said, she mm. said, don't be sad that I'm gone. Be happy that I'm in a better place. Wow. So that always brought me peace. Wow, yeah. But I said that to say that loss, loss, like real loss, is, is it's, it's kind of like a fuel, right? Like it, it kind of jump starts. Um, a lot of what you can be capable of. It kind of brings and it kind of forces you to be in a, in a, in a different position and uh, in a position where you're looking at everything from, you know, like you have a bird's eye view of things, right? So, right, so you talk about, you know, losing, uh, you talk about losing the ability to do this or you're losing a person, opportunity. Um, comfortability, mm. right? It puts you in a position where you have no choice but to be better, right? Right. So when we're in that position where we have to be better, it's funny how those things shape us, right? And what I was drawn to and led to and what reminds me of what I'm saying right now is, is a scripture, right? Mm. It's, a, it's James 1, chapter 1, verses 2 through 7. And it says that, Dear brothers, consider it joy when you face trial and tribulation. Mm. When, not if, right. not when you might, if. I mean, not, uh, when. Because it's inevitable. It's inevitable that we're going to go through things. And so, but but what's even more intriguing about that scripture is that after that it says, it says, consider it joy when you face the trials and tribulations, for it is an opportunity to produce patience. patience. So it's an opportunity for us to become more patient. Be more patient. For us to be more patient and to to have that. So when I'm going through the trials in life, when I when I lose a loved one, when I if I get a disease, if I am diagnosed with this, or if I break my ankle, whatever, right? If I lose a friend, then I have to consider it. And it isn't. And it's not saying consider it joy in the sense of it's an happy occasion, right. but it's saying consider it joy in a sense where it's an occasion in which you know you're going to grow from. So it's a difference when you're going into a situation and you feel like there's no way to get out of it. And then it's a difference in going into a situation where you know that there is something to be learned from it, right? And so when I go into situations where they're tough, when it's literally like, God, you're testing me. Why are you testing me? I don't even ask why anymore. I just accept it. I take it to the chin because I know that whatever and why, and why I'm being tested is because I'm going to come out of this with more patience and endurance. So I just need to stay the course. Absolutely. I need to keep my faith completely in him, stay the course. I can't operate ignorantly in problems that might arise. Like they just weren't supposed to be there. Yeah. That's why I hate the whole blissful life mentality and this whole like toxic positivity mentality because not to say we have to be cynical because we don't. Right. We can live a great life. Right. But we have to understand that you can live a great life and be happy and be joyful and still have issues. Right. Issues are inevitable. Issues We're are all inevitable. imperfect. We're not perfect human beings. And, and, and life is not about making a perfect decision or the right decision. It's about mm -hmm. managing trade-offs. Mm -hmm. Managing trade-offs, man. Every decision that we make, we have to forfeit a possible benefit. It's the opportunity cost. I don't mean to get all businessy on you. That's a that's a bar. <laughs> that is a, uh, a that's a spreadsheet. It is <laughs> it's a spreadsheet. Google Doc. 
For sure. I didn't want to jot that one down, <laughs> but you know, every decision we make, we forfeit a possible benefit uh-huh. in business and life. You think I go to we go to Finland? We mm-hmm. sa- we sacrifice the money. Mm-hmm. We go to the money. We sacrifice the personal development. Mm-hmm. So it's about management. It's not about making a personal the perfect decision because you and I are perfect and perfectionist of a man who's striving for, to be great every day. Mm-hmm. Perfect, imperfected men striving to be great each and every day. Mm-hmm. So we are imperfectionists, man. Absolutely. And we have to give ourselves grace. Absolutely. That's huge. It's huge. give ourselves grace because yeah. we, we put us in positions that we, we're not prepared for. Mm-hmm. Think I was prepared to not play this year? Come on. I was ready to go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm working out. I'm, I'm still working out, but I'm going. I'm like, yeah. I'm back in Bronco Nation. Mm-hmm. We're going. Mm-hmm. No. But the Lord said, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to bless you with a puppy. Mm-hmm. And I saw that. <laughs> you saw, saw that, that puppy. Yeah. His name Geronimo. Love it. Geronimo, a great Indian warrior. Yeah. You know, I love that little guy. Mm-hmm. You know, um, puppy, you know, closer to my friends and family. He blessed me with a house. He's blessing me all around, man. And he That's the trade-off. He, it's the trade-off. We have to manage that. And he brought me closer to my grandfather who suffered from COPD. It's a respiratory. It's a respiratory um, you know, function. But <laughs> old granddad, man. Yeah, man. If you think if you've ever met granddad, you would think he was like the most he's the most confident individual ever. He said he tells me he's never lost an individual battle. Never lost an individual battle. And he was my coach. And uh, sorry, man. He was my coach, you know. Yeah. <laughs> man, he's just so important in my life, along with my father. Granddad, you know, you say, man, nobody can compute my grandson, man. I said, Granddad, I don't play no more, man. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and, uh, yeah. Just tell me. Never let him see you sweat. Mm-hmm. Never let him see you sweat. I take that and say, Granddad, what I know now, I say, Granddad, it's okay to let him see you sweat. Mm-hmm. It's okay to shed That's a good. That's it's good. A, it's okay to shed a tear. You know, he, he from the 70s said, no, no, no. Yeah, old school. Yeah, old school. So, uh, okay, old school. Okay, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm going to let him see me sweat sometime when it's appropriate, mm-hmm. when it's on my terms. But I'm just super grateful to be here, man, and, and be able to talk to you and mm-hmm. be in your platform. Listen, I'm happy that you decided to do it. Oh, yeah. Because I think that you needed this, bro. Oh, yeah. Um, I feel like you, like I said, you were so passionate about sharing your story. What I felt like I just witnessed was the origin story in the way of, of, of Roy McCree, mm. right? The fourth, mm. right? Let me put some respect on your name, <laughs> right? Um, I think that, like, listen, I want, I want this platform to be a platform where people can come and, and feel like they can, you know, open up and be in that safe space. Right. I never I, I never turned anyone away in that in that regard. 
So the fact that you were trusting and you were um, you were willing to come here and you know join the community and and share yourself the way that you have this this episode. I'm like I said, I'm blessed to have you here, bro, and I'm and I'm happy that you were able to get it off your chest, yes. right? And in a way that was so organic, so natural, not forced, because you didn't have to do it, right? Like I said, it took us a month to get here. To get here, right? right? We were supposed to do this, what, a, a month ago? A month ago. But like right. I said, man, we don't want to rush. Right, right at the church so, exactly. If we would have did a month ago, we would have been on a, my vision. My you, vision was very small. You know, and, and, not even, and I don't even want to say it was small. It just, it wasn't ready. It wasn't ready. And it's okay. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I think we always trying to fight time, but time is, time doesn't, it moves, but listen, it don't move in the way we think it do. Uh-huh. So so we have to understand, like, bro, us rushing, us slowing down doesn't really matter. We have to just flow with the ocean. Have to. Not grab on the rocks on the way or try to pull ourselves. Fight it. We have to just flow, okay? Just go with it. Right. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I think, yeah, man, you you did a brave thing um, and a very vulnerable thing coming onto this podcast. You know, our podcast, I would say. Like I said, we're a community here, right. so... Uh, you can't. You, you did a great thing of coming into the full circle community, sharing yourself, um, and I and I really do know. I know that this is going to, it's going to bless somebody, man, because it for sure blessed me. It helped me out a lot in understanding archetypes and just different scenarios and situations and just mm-hmm. your own personality, bro. Just wow. kind of peeling back the layers of yourself. I think that I learned a lot about you, in yeah. um, during this conversation and just over over time, all of our conversations are have been pretty deep. I right, would say. Right, right, right. Uh, and insightful. So, yeah, man, you listen, bro. You're a part of the community now. Um, you know the the door is always open, yeah. uh, and and the space is always warm and ready for you. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? 100%. So, um, like I said, I'm glad. I reiterate, I'm just glad that you're here, bro. And I'm glad. I'm glad you're alive. I'm glad that you're vulnerable. I'm glad that you uh, you trust me, and I'm glad that you trust the community to receive you right. in a way that I know. Um, you know, you will be received, right? Right. right. So, um, if there's anything that you want to um, leave anyone with, or you want to have last remarks, I'll open the floor to you, bro. And then we can we can close out. And right. if anything you want to say, go ahead. Percent, man. I just want to thank you, man. Just create a a, a, a safe cipher. Mm-hmm. I like that. Like safe cipher. Safe cipher. <laughs> I like that. Safe circle of vulnerability within the community. Mm-hmm. You know. Inevitably, <laughs> just joking. But bars. Bars. Can I get it. a siren? Bars. Bars. <laughs> bars. Bars. <laughs> you know, but uh, no. In all seriousness, man, we we just here. We we we, you know. We took astronomical steps this year, mm-hmm. in in personal development, mm-hmm. and uh, now. We're oh yeah. Now we can go to Reggie Wynn's kid and say, man. Think maybe think about it this way. Absolutely. Yeah. And we can start blessing others through. Yeah. Let cry. Let the Lord make me a vessel of Absolutely. his work. Absolutely. Yeah. I want to be a vessel. I want to make mistakes. Mm-hmm. You know, right now we're a lot older and we're a lot wiser. Absolutely. Um, and I also want to thank you for allowing me within your team, production team and people, but I also want to invite you to be a part of my team. Mm. Be a part of my team. Okay. You know, um, like my team is composed of all assets, no liabilities, which you are very much so an asset. Um, you know, my team is my mother, my father, my sisters, my friends. Um, yeah. Consider me in. Yeah, hundred percent. Consider me in. You know, yeah. like you told you, I like business, so I, you know, 
Uh, it's my board of advisors. Mm. The worst thing in the world is for somebody to sit by themselves and make a, a definitive choice. Ah. But when you yeah. have to lock yourself in a room like this and say, mm -hmm. and sit with yourself and make a choice, mm -hmm. that's very dangerous. Mm -hmm. So what did I do? I was blessed. Well, not, not what did I do. What did the Lord do? What did he bless me with? Mm -hmm. He blessed me with many different people in many different areas to help me make educated decisions, mm -hmm. including yourself. So just want to formally ask you and, and, and thank you for being part of my team and um, just to anybody out there, man, don't take anything for granted, man. You know, take every step, take every step on this earth with intention. Yeah. You know, and uh, that's all I got to say. Well, we're here to, like Roy kept saying today, you know, he's healing. So if you're going through something and you need to heal, I would advise reaching out and stepping out. And it might not be us. It might be someone else. It might be a hotline, whatever. Seek help. Understand that there are always tools. And that's always accessible. And if it's not, you're here, like I said again. So thank you guys for watching episode four. Uh, thank you, Roy, again, bro. You were amazing. Uh, I mean, like I said, I couldn't predict it, right? Um, God bless everybody. Godspeed. And see you guys, episode five. We out. <laughs>